Here we are on the Kill Your Gods podcast. You might remember my guest today from footnote episode three, Big Red Sun of the former Infinite Dress podcast. He is a good friend of mine. He is a comedian. He's a script supervisor. He is also one of the co-hosts along with Jeff Colella on the Sweet Heat podcast. Check him the fuck out, my boy Rusty Wright. How you doing, Rusty? Great, man. That was a great intro. You've been working on it. That was sick. I know what I'm doing, man. You know what's funny? I did uh, Dan and George's podcast earlier, Feel Feelings, and the fact that I was not the host, I was so fucking awkward. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to change that gear now. <laughs> You're like, hey, welcome to your podcast. Yeah, like dude, th- there was a period where like one of them was having like a little bit of a snag, a little bit of a lag in just like the video. So like. So Danny is looking at George, waiting for him to talk. George is frozen, looking at Dan to talk. And I'm just sitting here, literally like 15 seconds, like, we're in a, like, Mexican standoff of polite silence right now. And <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. I, I think one of the, the most, like, big hogged but disrespectful thing you could do is to tell someone on their podcast, like, don't worry, we'll edit that out. Like, I like to... It's hard not to. It's hard not to say that because you're just so used to that. Imagine if every time someone did something embarrassing, you went up to them and you said, hey, don't worry, I'll pretend that didn't happen. Like, <laughs> it's necessary, though. I it's get it, necessary. dude. We'll fix it in post. Hell yeah. Uh, so I'm sure I'm going to have an intro to this episode, but me and Rusty are here. This was not a planned episode. I want to have Rusty on the show for a few things. Um, I think we were going to have you on to talk about like the Grateful Dead or something. Like You're not a fan, am I right? I think it's uh, insanely overrated. I, I just want to really kick some hippies, man. Nice. All right. Well, we got that planned for the future, but some instances happened this week, some circumstances that uh, you and I just talking to each other decided like we should do a very special episode. Now, this whole episode is obviously kill your gods. Well, unfortunately, sometimes Mother Nature takes care of it for you <laughs> and a little bit too literally because Mother Nature is a... Uh, a literal ass bitch from time to time. Two of our gods... Total ass bitch. Total bitch ass bitch. Two of our gods passed away in the last week. And uh, you lost yours, MF Doom, classic... Well, not classic. He was like... What would you define his style or like his subcategory of rap? So, I mean, what he called it was uh, 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 demented or rap, uh, which was just his way of saying he rapped absolute nonsense it, uh-huh. it it definitely like fits in with like backpack rappers and like this whole like classic like i you know late 90s early 2000s flow he's from new york there's a lot of that east coast style in there but okay. uh i wouldn't say that you could really it, it's at the point where like there's rappers now who are influenced by him but uh-huh. his style was like pretty much to his own Agreed. I know that. By the way, I love that Dementator style. I love when like artists try to coin their own term and just nobody fucking uses it. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a style of like a derivative of like post punk rock rock music called shoegaze, and the reason it's called shoegaze is number one, people got you know shoegaze. I love shoegaze, dude. Okay, well, but here's the all right. So for people who don't know, shoegaze is called number one the Musicians tend to just stand there and stare at the floor. Also, they use a lot of soundscapes, which requires a lot of guitar pedals. So they're looking down, trying to think what's coming up. 
this genre, when it originated in England, they referred to it as, no, don't say shoegaze. We're the scene that supports itself. What? It's like the scene, the scene that support or the scene that promotes itself, and like they tried to get some really pretentious, like nah, man, this is what <laughs> we are, and they're just like, shut the fuck up, Mopey, it's shoegaze, dude. And I none lo- of them. Like I kind of like that angle, dude. That like Ricky Bobby, I'm my own sponsor. Yeah, that's but, tight. But it, it's the way that like every emo band doesn't want to be called emo or like. System of a Down, like, really doesn't consider themselves new metal. I, I mean, like, you can be pretentious all you want, but we are here in because you're a metalhead and you guys are the fucking kings uh, of made-up genres. Oh, yeah. Gatekeeping bullshit. That would be my god who passed this week. Uh, one of my favorite metal bands from high school, Children of Bodom. Pardon me. That wasn't that wasn't a, a me becoming overwhelmed with emotion. You got was, choked up. You got choked up. No, I was overwhelmed with my spicy soy curl dinner that my fucking fiance made me. Uh, yeah, Alexi <laughs> Laiho. Alexi Laiho from Children of Bodom, dead at forty-one years old uh, due to a long illness. They're not being. I'm sick of people. Tell me how people are dying. Okay. I hate, I know I've talked about this in comedy before, but it so fucking annoys me when they don't just tell you what they died of. I want to know. I'm a hypochondriac. I need to know what to be afraid of right now. Well, hey, dude, you got, at least you knew your guy died when he died. Doom died on Halloween and his family kept it a secret because they didn't want people being uh, a bit intrusive. True. I get that. I get that. Still though, it uh, I, I I tried writing a bit about it recently like that like you can the only place you really find out where people died anymore is like they'll give you a bit of a puzzle in like the obituary like died whenever in, a, in lieu of flowers please donate money to the don't swallow marbles foundation like, <laughs> ah there it is okay okay choked on marbles and also everybody needs to make that point by saying also fuck florists don't give florists any money. In lieu of flowers, fuck a florist in the face because we don't care about them anymore. In, in lieu of flowers, send marbles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so me, I am not really into hip hop. You are not super duper into metal. So I would seems- say not at all, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. You have no idea how many people were like, so you're not really into metal. Like, I listened to System of a Down once. That's my only reference today, System of a Down. And like they're they're insulted by it somehow. So. Wait, is that metal? System of a Down is metal. Yeah. I I all right. So I figured besides Metallica, like metal can't be in Guitar Hero, but I guess that's not true. Oh, not at all. Not at all. There's a lot of like heavy fucking. Uh, well, Dragon, I guess Dragon Force is metal. They only yeah. became popular because of Guitar Hero. That is true, but also that's all right. We we can get into that. We can get into that because I don't think I understand metal, dude. Like, is it is it theater or is it supposed to make me feel upset? Like, how serious am I supposed to take it? See, here's the thing. I don't feel upset listening to metal. I feel powerful. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So this is very narrow, but let me tell you exactly what happened. Um, so as we're recording this, this is one day after the whole brouhaha on Capitol Hill being taken over and uh, really hating Donald Trump right now. I was all like worked up yesterday. I went on a long walk and I was just listening to music. And in that walk, I had, uh, did you ever see the movie The Omen? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. It, it was that it was that Japanese one that got remade a couple of times, like how the Grudge did. 
Not at all. No, the no. omen is is about <laughs> the omen is about the antichrist, basically. Like the the son of the devil gets adopted by. Oh yeah, uh, that was originally a Japanese script. What? Yeah, with the, with the kid with the mark of the beast and shit. Okay, I need to look into that because I think I know my shit and I am not aware of that at I all. I mean, I also just always think things are Japanese when they're not. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Bill of Rights, that's Japanese. <laughs> yeah, the Capitol building, right? <laughs> yeah. So here's the hysterical thing. Uh, I thought of a line from The Omen, which is like supposedly they're reading the prophecy in the Bible. And the line is, from the eternal sea he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother till man exists no more. And that made me think, like, yeah, man, it's fucking Donald Trump. He's turned us all against each other. I remember there was a metal band I Damn. liked who wrote a song around that movie, and that line is in there. I'm going to go listen to fucking Iced Earth and their song Damien. Dude, I get home. You know what I see? Guitarist and leader of Iced Earth pictured amongst Capitol Hill fucking stormers. No way. I'm yeah. fucking making a Macaulay Culkin face for real. <laughs> Like, I was only like, yeah, man, fuck this guy. He's the devil. And the guy who wrote this is like, I need to go support this. My Donnie needs me. <laughs> well, all right, yo, but all right, that's kind of what I'm saying, man. Because, like, I can't tell, like, how I'm supposed to forget the making you feel upset thing. Is this theater or is this actually, like, is this, like, some weird, like, weird flex, but okay? Like, when you're just, like, like saying, I don't know. I'm trying to pick up a, an exact lyric so I can say, but but okay. like I think like Metalocalypse type shit. You know what I mean? I know that's parody, but at the same time, am I supposed to take that seriously? Like cops with Punisher tattoos? Like, do you guys? No, do you... no, 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 no. Metal, metal is by and large not supposed to be taken seriously. I mean, like yeah, I I was born in ashes of molten hatred, raised by demons in abodes of the dead, the reaper scythe I fall upon to light my path. That is biblical, and I don't know if it's, like, biblical, like, a fucking guy standing out my house with a sign, or if it's biblical, like, fucking Viking fighting. I would say he's probably writing that song from the point of view of the devil. All right. So, theatrical, <laughs> I would definitely say. I don't think, dude, Alexi Laiho, God rest his soul, was a tiny, weird-looking man. I don't think anybody was taking that as, like, yeah, uh -huh. that's right, that guy. That guy right there with the, with the black nail polish right. and, the, and the fucking chipmunk teeth. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of, of like molten a... Hatred. <laughs> he identifies as, uh, like, you know, ashes of molten hatred. Uh, mm. No, I, I, I do keep having to remind myself that these guys are Finnish. And so as I'm yes. reading these English lyrics, I need to remind myself that as cool as they sound sometimes or as cringy as they sound sometimes in English, they probably sound super cool in this Finnish dude's head. That is how I learned uh, the main Finnish expletive, like our fuck, is a pelkala. Pelkala? Perkala, like P-E-R-K-E-L-E, -E -E, like Perkala. So, so like if you went to to Finland and you, and you told them it was time for the percolator and you just played that song, they'd be like, <laughs> "My children." Nice. All right. So yeah, before we get into it, let's actually give. Can you give me a little bit of background on MF Doom? Like oh, how he came up. Like just what you know about him as he leads up to his career. And that I can do the same with Children of Bodom. 
I, I, I would love to, man, because like, oh, wait, wait, really- actually, actually, sorry for you, the listener, we're going to do this. Then we're going to go through some lyrics and some songs. I made Rusty listen to Rusty had me listen to some MF doom. We're going to go through some lyrics and give our thoughts. That's going to be the format for this episode. And there'll be some clips in there. So yeah. No, you're, you're good, man. I, I, I'm hyped to talk about Doom because uh, I really, he's one of those artists for me that like, you like their music and then the more you find out about them, the more you're like, holy fuck, dude. Uh, he, he started his career out as uh, Zev Love X, rapping with the group KMD uh, with his brother Subrock. Uh, they, they were signed, um, I, I want to say it was the Capital, but I can't remember who they were signed to. I just have Capital on my mind because of uh, Nazi mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, they had a, a record coming out. Um, it, it was going to be a, a big drop. People were excited for it. Uh, but it got canned because the album art had a Sambo character, a black man being hung. So they said, we're not going to release your album. On that same day, uh, Doom's brother, Subrock, got hit while crossing the street by a car and killed instantly. Jesus. Uh, his record label gets wind of this, and they immediately say, fuck canning your album. We're, we just don't want just you. You're done. Uh, so Daniel Dumoulay loses his best friend, his rap partner, and his record deal, and everything he had worked for all on the same day. Wow. And this man fucking loses his mind. He spends five years living as a homeless man in, on the streets in New York, uh, just like living, sleeping on benches until he gear, gears up to do his rap career again. And he comes into ownership of one of the prop masks from the movie Gladiator, uh, one of the metal masks. And he shows up okay. to his first show to come back wearing the fucking metal mask and declaring that he's MF Doom a supervillain of the rap game to come back and claim vengeance on the industry that scarred him. What the fuck, man? He, he, he samples all these fucking, like, superhero, like, supervillain MF Doom, like, fucking, like, cartoons to make his music, and he even goes so far as to fucking having Doom bots, imposters. He books shows all across the nation. Each one has an imposter show up wearing his mask and rapping badly for two songs before getting off stage. Then he puts it in a song where he says, in and out like robbery, uh, uh, Treat shows like robberies, in and out, one, two, three, nobody's pleased. He fucking, it was all part of the shtick. You just got robbed by MF Doom. Thanks, Ticketmaster. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that. I didn't know any of that. But there Dude. really is like a suit. All the best supervillains have a sympathetic origin story. It's amazing, dude. Oh, my and, God. And you know what's funny? And, and what's a fun? better bad guy than the fucking record industry? Oh, yeah, dude. Even it, I cannot think of anything else other than, say, like, the meat industry. Perry's really got me on a vegan kick right now. I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, think of anything else you know, other than, like, the meat industry that, like... Your little spicy ginger curl. That's right. Like, we all love the product, but nobody wants to see... Nobody's rooting for the slaughterhouse, you know? Yeah, no, uh, and especially, like, the less you know about it, the better. That's why, like, yeah. you know... So, wait, not was, t- what, was he out of the game for, like, 10 years? Because, like... Uh, I I know Gladiator came out in 2000. I actually got confused on the mask. I thought the mask, I was going to ask if he got sued by like Marvel for having like the Doctor Doom mask. But as soon as you said that, like, fuck, that is the Gladiator mask. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 He, he took a significant amount of time off literally living as a homeless guy. Like he is not actually as crazy as he makes himself seem in his songs, but that's all like, like the reason his style works for him so well is because his brain is 
fucking flied, man. You, you don't go through that kind of trauma without losing a little off the top, you know? Definitely, man. No, when you have that much loss at once, you, you lose a bit of yourself that doesn't grow back. Ah, but there's just something that fucking, even if I didn't like the music, which I do, and it's so weird, and he's so impressive, but, like, the story just holds it all together, man. Nice, and then nice. you see his growth over like the songs I sent you because I sent you the KMD track and then you see him showing up as MF Doom. His style gets a little grimier. The, mm. the other thing is he has uh, uh, other personas, right? So there's Victor Vaughn, who's more of like the intense shit. Uh, and he'll literally release whole albums, including doing Mad Villainy, which was super famous where he teamed up with uh, Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. He did, uh, you know, the mouse in the mask danger uh, with the, uh, Danger Mouse? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, Danger Doom. Super prolific career. Nice. Okay. Uh, I'm, but, kind of th- I'm kind of deciding the format as we go. Let's jump right, instead of me doing with the Children of Bodom thing, let's jump from that right into Peach Fuzz so we can see him like before he's I love becoming it. the monster. Um, so just to give my, my initial thoughts on it as somebody, this is what I'd like to do, actually. The, let the uninformed person give their impressions first, and then you can fill me in. Um, first thing I have, his name is Zev Love X, which, uh, interesting. Um, the very beginning of the music video I pulled up for it, was MF Doom Muslim? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because the video opened. Uh, oh, I, I had the joke here. The joke here. Does his name stand for Muhammad Faisal Doom? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I should have mentioned that it is actually either Metal Face or Metal Fingers, depending on how he's feeling on the day. Okay. Um, I, I feel like Metal Fingers uh, was supposed to be like a, a, a lady finger banging thing, but uh, I don't mm. think it ever really caught on. It's like you can't show up to the party and be like, sup? Call me Metal Fingers. That's right. Yeah, you want to know how I got these hands? That's why they get so rusty. You gotta keep oiled up. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, you know, he, he was raised in, in New York Muslim family. Um, okay. And, uh, oh, actually, I shouldn't say he was raised in New York. That's not true. He was actually born in London. Uh, I saw that. Was he like an army kid or something? Like, that's uh, a random tidbit. Uh, I believe that he was, but I'm pretty sure that, like, he was originally, like, in, uh, UK citizenship uh, before okay. coming to America. Okay. So, uh, another I have here, this is actually one of my favorite subgenres of hip-hop, which is late 80s and meant solely for black people. Now, what I mean by that, uh, other bands I would include in this, I would include like Tribe Called Quest and like Far Side, just because it was like so specific to the black experience that it's not trying to get other people in. I imagine this is what like, when you hear someone cruising down the street listening to metal and you're not really a metal guy, like this is what this sounded like to white people at the time. Just chaotic fucking float, like breaks. Right. Well, I I put like for comparison, like a a a song like "Fuck the Police." Like anybody can attach their own thing to that. Suburban white kids, like yeah, man, fuck the, you know, not like you know, yeah, the police killed my brother. It's like yeah, fuck the police. They said I can't skate in that parking lot. Whereas like this music, (laughs) this music video, what are they putting out to the world? Selling Muslim pamphlets in the city, like 
that does not appeal to like the fucking suburban kids. But I, again, I like that for I like that that little subgenre for the same reason I like black exploitation films because it's not for me. I'm watching it as a pure outsider. You're like, like a bird watcher. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, dude, I don't like being patronized too. I like to see what's fucking happening. You know. So, uh, oh, I loved in the video. This was the era of hip hop where it was still kind of weird to not have actual instruments in music. So a lot of these old videos, they'll like shoehorn somebody playing an instrument in there. And in this, it's one of the members literally just playing. There's two notes of xylophone in the beat. <laughs> yep. So they rented a whole fucking xylophone just so he could hit the two notes well, over it, and over again. It's like how when iPhones came out, they purposely made the buttons look like actual buttons because they uh-huh. were like, we don't want to freak people out, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I like. I didn't know electronic music was electronic music for so long. Like, I like literally thought when I listened to Nas, I was like, "Damn, he's got a whole jazz band in there." Yep, yep. But it's especially confusing. One of the best things ever. You remember the old? Uh, you might be too young on MTV. The unplugged show they would do. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, when they first did LL Cool J and they brought in a full band, fucking awesome incredible hearing a full acoustic band put together a hip-hop beat dude listen to fucking uh any of the tiny desks where they do a full band fucking anderson pack listen to fucking t-pain sing without auto-tune it'll change your life man okay um so do you have anything to say about that song that i haven't hit yet uh no i i i love your take on it because like like culturally at the time this was radical even though like for me listening to it now it, it feels like very old school uh, but you see the foundation for what would become his flow, but it's definitely like more directed. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't been destroyed and rebuilt yet. Right. Yes. We're looking, oh, we're, we're looking at the super villain back when he was just, you know, for me, this is like the picture of him as the high school quarterback. Like he's fucking, he's mm. pretty fucking nasty in this too. Like for the time, like, like you look at like, you know, I know it's way after like sugar Hill gang, but like it's stuff like that. Like, fucking destroying it oh yeah and this is only like you know like sugar hill gang this is only like four or five years after i'm only realizing now as i talk i don't realize what your sugar hill gang was but this is only like three years after run dmc yeah no that's what i'm saying this is like early in hip-hop's like lifespan Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna jump over to children of bodam real quick and i'm also gonna give a little bit just how i got into them the year is 2002 I am 15 years old. I am hanging out with my uh, guitarist and bassist in my band, Stefan Hojnacki and Matt Merzyowski. Me and Matt listen to like Metallica, Megadeth, like the, the mainstream metal, like the Pantera, shit like that. But our guitarist, Stefan, was way into the European shit. So he pulls up this video on like fucking LimeWire or Kazaa. In, we're sitting in his parents' computer room. Remember when a computer had an entire room it was dedicated to? Oh, yeah. No, that was like essentially became our living room over time as we gravitated more yeah. and more to the computer. <laughs> and uh, he pulls up a video, and I'm not going to talk about this one first, but the song is Hate Me, the one you quoted the lyrics from. And I was just blown away because, number one, th- there's a few things uh, that blew my mind immediately. Uh, number one... This is like just past the era of new metal. Your Corns, your Limp Bizkit, your Linkin Park, your Papa Roach. One thing that those guys did to metal is they pick out all the guitar solos. 
like they which is the best part exactly it's not only that but like they dumbed it down and just all right just to give an idea real quick everybody knows how guitars work you hold down your fingers in a certain spot one thing new metal did is they down tuned one of the strings the lowest string and what that did is it honestly it made it easier to play chords and so there is like a whole just mechanical issue of like the dumbening of metal, which was like one of the only really complex uh, popular music genres. So we go from like, in my world, modern metal has no solos. And then this band comes in that has tons of solos. And like really the first band I would say to really build on like the guitar as what it was capable of in metal since like Dimebag Daryl and Pantera. Number two, this was the first time I heard fucking keyboards in heavy, heavy metal. Which is one of the things I really liked about them. I do have a quick question for you. Uh, you had metal, like, context at this point? Like, you heard them and it was like hearing, like, uh, like you leveled up in metal? Or... Yes. Th that was it for me. I definitely leveled up in metal. Because, like, I know everybody knew there was, like, death metal out there. But that was, like, its own... <laughs> it's like achievement unlocked melodies <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, this was the first like so for me the death metal didn't really work for me just because i didn't like the vocals i also like lyrics and you couldn't make them out and uh while children of Odom was not great on lyrics in the beginning i had to get used to the voice a little but there was shit i liked in there um so they started in 1993 one of the crazy things about it is, aside from their rhythm guitarist from 1993 until they broke up in 2019, like, same four core dudes the entire time. And the singer, Alexi Lyo, who has died, was fucking 17 when they recorded their first album, 19 when they recorded the first song I sent you, Downfall. So That was the first song. That was the first song. He was fucking 19 years old when he wrote and recorded that. The whole band were under 20. Wow. That, all right. That's so interesting contextually. Yeah. And the other thing, and it feels weird saying this now because we're not listening to the clips, but uh, my favorite guitarist of all time was Randy Rhodes, who was the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. He's very much credited for bringing like classical music into heavy metal. And then, but then that influence just kind of stopped. And then this band definitely in their first few albums had a neoclassical vibe. Like the, a lot of the shit here, you could hear transposed to an orchestra very easily and you would still recognize it for what it was. Now, now, if if I wasn't familiar with like Metalocalypse, I would have been like surprised that they're Finnish, I guess, because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't naturally come to my head that that's a big reason uh, region for metal. Like, it is, it, is that part of their influence? Is being part of like a European thing? Uh, I definitely, yeah. There's definitely an influence to that, just because. Well, part of it is in Europe. They had uh, power metal, so we had power metal in the states. A little bit. Power metal is known to be like what you would imagine, like dudes with swords and dragons and shit. Like that really... This they, isn't far off of that, man. No, it's not far off of that. The thing is, we didn't really have it so much in the States, whereas over in Europe, they had bands like fucking uh, Gamma Ray and Halloween who were like 
huge. These were, I would say thematically, they were most like Dragon Force, where it's that really like high soaring melody kind of shit. Where yeah. so yeah, America went the more thrashy, darker with Metallica, and they just got cheesier in Europe. So I would say these guys are definitely inheriting more of that cheesy kind of mantle. Um. So yeah, from there we have a downfall, which is the first one I sent you, and I think this is one of their, particularly towards the end. There's a complete like classical breakdown with Oh my god, dude! Like instrumentally, I really enjoyed this piece. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like proggy in the beginning. It's got like this weird like arpeggiation going on, like. <laughs> I, I, I really liked this, and this is this was the first one I listened to, and this was my introduction to the band, and I was enjoying the melody, I was enjoying it, and uh, your boy Alexi comes in with the Fiori. <laughs> now, he's 19? 19. What has he been through to have that much hatred in his heart? <sighs> I, I, hard drinking? I don't know. That's all, that's all I can think when I think Northern Europe. Hard hard drinking and a lifetime of being really cold. It, it, that'll do it to you. Maybe, maybe fit, that's why the, the fucking dark-ass, cold-ass regions produce all this music. Maybe, maybe. So the funny thing here, um, this album is notorious in that you open the jewel case and it has like the lyrics in it, but it only has the lyrics to four songs. Uh, Alexi admitted later in, in, in an interview that pretty much the first two albums, there's some songs where he's just yelling. <laughs> the songs don't actually have, li- again, he was 19. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> A little 19 year old, just like, uh, all right. I don't know how to tell you guys this. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say anything just now. Mm. Let's see. And and the diamonds were burning in the trolls. Guys, they're not going to read this anyway. It's like, like, well, that was good. That was a good take. Dude, can I start killing your god yet, or am I still paying respect? Go for it. Go for it. This is the time to do it. Uh, it it's just that, like, this song was the perfect one to introduce me to them. Not only is it chronologically first, and not only do I see it get shit on in a lot of uh, message boards, this album gets fucking dumped on in message boards. Really? Yeah, dude. What, uh, what are the criticisms? I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into it, but a lot of it is, uh, like, if someone says something that is, like, controversial about the band, people will be like, uh, oh, I bet your favorite album is, uh, uh, you know, what is it, what's the album? Hate Breeder. Yeah, Hate Breeder. Because uh, uh, a lot of this, a lot of this feels like boss battle music for me in a video game. Yes, I, I actually this was part of my hot take, and I was gonna save it, but I went down the rabbit hole of looking up what video games were popular in Finland when. <laughs> oh, and fuck. so I one game that I found was an '80s game called Outrun that he would have played as uh, a youth, and it was definitely very like melodic and cascading and stuff. And I found on a message board someone compared it to Cobb, and uh, that's where I saw that you probably like Hate Reader. Um, nice. But uh, you know the way uh, the way it happens with a lot of metal fans, there is a big split between the people who like the super early stuff and like the middle years stuff. Like the middle years where they they, they had a real trade in 
where I felt by the time they got to their like third or fourth album, the lyrics got infinitely better, but then the music got like way simpler and like lost a lot of what made it so unique. Um, I, yes, I literally have that. It, it, it's <coughs> funny that they, and we'll get into it, but that they do a pop cover in their career because like mm. I, as things go down the rabbit hole, uh, you see them really kind of smooth out the edges. Um, but with this album, like, dude, like, these lyrics, it's not my kind of poetry, but it is essentially poetry. And I don't understand how you write something that sounds like Nathaniel Hawthorne, and then you get in the booth, and you shriek it like fucking Gollum has, like, chimpanzee retarded mom strength or something. Dude, if you want to hear, like, the absolute pinnacle of that, Cradle of Filth, because that that is a guy with, like, the craziest... He can do the low stuff, but he actually has like this high pitched, like almost whisper in the wind fucking scream. But he writes like Lord Byron esque fucking vocal uh, lyrics. Like off the top of my head, I can think, uh, what is it? Snuff deep inside is left, death left embracing the bitter cold tears of the countess, benighted like ill fated usher, the house of Bathory sunk in the sands of time. Like, that kind of shit only is yeah. like dude while i'm doing all this metal research i'm sitting here thinking jesse dram loves professional wrestling and metal music <laughs> and i'm making this connection in my head between these big personalities and these theatrical dark performances and and, and then when i fucking see shit like this dude I, it, it all clicks dude like the theater <laughs> of it it's not theater for me i think it's bad theater but i i what? see it in my mind's eye like, dude, I, I like big things. And by the way, before we get too far from it, you keep mentioning Metalocalypse. Uh, apparently, the blonde guy, Squiskar, the Swedish one, was, my favorite. Mo- was modeled on Alexi Laiho. Really? Squiskar Squiggles? Yeah. They, they, they made him taller. But other than that, like, yeah, they, like, copied his accent and him being the fastest guitarist. <laughs> dude, I love it. That makes me like him so much more. This is, like, my MF Doom Alexi moment. I think I like him now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what MF Doom song you want to get into next? Uh, I, I did just want to say one thing about uh, <laughs> uh, the video game thing I brought up. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So I found an, a, an interview with Alexi where he talked about his uh, early inspirations being like Pantera and Metallica, right? Um, uh-huh. but because his sister showed him a CD of like a lot of black metal and he, mm-hmm. like, he took a lot of inspiration from it. But also, like, his shit sounds super video gamey to me, right? And I did some research, and Doom was super popular in uh, Finland. And the odds of him playing it are pretty high. And the Doom soundtrack is based off of Metallica and Pantera songs that are fucking transcribed and converted into 8-bit. And you want to tell me that his music doesn't sound... <laughs> like somebody losing at Doom and just fucking raging out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it stands. If I think of like two of the most metal, not actually metal soundtracks, Doom is up there. And I would also think uh, the music from Contra, you could put right on guitar and would sound fucking amazing. Dude, you should you should do that as the bonus for this episode. Yeah, just throw in a little Contra. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nice. All right, uh, what Doom song you want to hit next? Uh, I, I figure we just go in order because the next is his uh, arrival as MF Doom uh, with the song Rhymes Like Dimes. 
So, yeah, you want to know something funny? Uh, I still hadn't gotten around to listen to everything yet today. I downloaded the new episode of Bill Burr's podcast and fucking Rhymes Like Dimes, like, was playing in the episode. Really? Yeah, which Dude, I guess... Bill Burr! Okay. I, I think it was his producer, whoever put it together, but I didn't know it was a song yet, but I heard the phrase Rhymes Like Dimes. Like, what are the, what are the fucking odds that it could be anything else? And sure enough, I got home, and it was. Dude, this is one of my favorite fucking rap songs ever because this is where he debuts that more demented flow that he did, and it, it's nearly nonsense, but you can find meaning in it. And mm-hmm. either way, just like with your fucking metal music, and you want to be <laughs> impressed by these technical squizgar squiggle shreddings uh-huh. and and these big personalities and, and waxing poetic, uh, this is just technical acumen, man. Fucking like. Like some of these lines are like so hard to say that listening for years, I still can't do it. The, the one I have two lyrics here that uh, I chose more for the, the content as opposed to the rhymes. But uh, when I hit it, slid her to the shitter, thought I killed her goose. Wow. Wowza. And uh, the other one I have here, a lot of them sound like they in a talent show. So I give them something to remember, like the Alamo, like that's, Really, Dude. really good stuff. I'm, I'm picking up uh, his style. Is he seemed? Uh, I'm noticing two things. Number one, he seems to be all about like the impressive level of rhyming more than any like cohesive thing through the song. And I know that's a taste that that's me coming from rock music and like used to. Well, this song is about this, and this song is about this. Where hip hop yeah. is a lot more. Yeah, more, but more than any other rapper, that was the fucking point. Is this is literally like skateboarding tricks, dude? This is right. like the fact that he can even think about any words that rhyme at all. They don't. Right. They don't. Like, there's no pressure on him to make them make sense, and that's what opens him up to mm-hmm. some making some of the most unique music. But tell about the broke times, rhymes like the is you just happy to see me trick? Classical slapstick rappers need chapstick. A lot of them sound like they ain't a talent show, so I give them something to remember, like the Alamo, Tally Ho, High Joker, like Space Game. Came back from five years lane, stayed the same, same. Electromagnetic field will block all logic spots. Yeah, it it wasn't uh, this song I picked it up, but I pulled up a lyric video to all caps and the lyric video not only had the lyrics but it was highlighted like just how many rhymes and near rhymes were in every single sentence and the fact that he's hitting like we're used to regular hip-hop like you know dun, 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 you know down the block i don't even knock like we're, we're used <laughs> to the rhyme happening clearly this is why i've never been on eat your beats the freestyle comedy show um we're used to the but rhyme. you gave him a free plug there you go. And uh, we're, we're, we're used to the rhyme happening at like the very end of the sentence. And that's the meter. Whereas MF Doom, he has like three or four different like rhyme meters running in every sentence. And it's fucking crazy. Uh, and, and keep in mind, this is, uh, you know, all, all caps comes a little bit later in his career, like five years later. But uh, this uh, rhymes like dimes. This is 1999. So. Mm-hmm. You have a dude showing up in a metal mask claiming to be a supervillain of hip-hop saying lines like this, like, where you're just like, what What did he just say? When I hit it, slid into the shitter, thought I killed her goose? Like, what? Especially with something like hip-hop, which has always been obsessed with, like, real, real, real. And then here comes this guy playing, like, a cartoon character, but fucking slaying it, you know? Yeah, man. It, it's just, like... 
<laughs> I, I, I felt a vibe with the music, but then when you know he's purposely trying to be like, fuck you guys, like when this uh-huh. is middle finger, this is, this is him like, like literally like unicycling backwards out of the room, flipping <laughs> nice. people off. Uh, I did also, is this like the final track on an album? Cause like, this is the second track actually. Uh-huh. Really? Because there's some, there's some like talk over the outro of the song where they're like, what are you supposed to say at the end of records? It, it, that's why this is funny, like it, missing context from each other's thing, um, because this album, it's, I'd say like 60% like skits, and by skits, I mean literally just samples from old superhero cartoons, okay. like spliced together to make it sound like MF Doom is a, a supervillain coming and the Fantastic Four is afraid of him. Yeah, I heard uh, some like actual cartoon voices in there that I was very curious about. This whole thing is done like a radio broadcast. It goes in and out of talking, skits, music. Ah, I like that shit, dude. I love the things where it's like uh, just one big monolith working in and out of itself. He wanted it to feel like a comic book, especially for this first album. That was the goal. And he accomplishes it definitely by having basically a panel where someone's talking. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what song we got next? Uh, after Rhymes Like Dimes... Um, I think I sent you one beer off of mm, food. Okay, let me get my notes. One beer. Uh, okay, starts off with a Sinatra lyric. I love these fucking beats so much. Uh, so unless, like, this one's a Mad Lib beat, who he works with later this year in uh, on Mad Villainy. But for the most part, like, his, his beats he produces himself. And they're all released free on the internet, which is sick. A lot, yeah, like, okay. Joey... Like Joey Badass uh, is a huge uh, rapper nowadays, and he made his name rapping off old MF Doom beats. Nice. Um, this one, I noticed that <clears throat> another trope of his, where he's trying to squeeze in so many lyrics that, like, he seems to be dragging on the beat a little bit. Like, he really doesn't seem to care if he drops the the rhyming thing like a syllable early or late. Like, it's just as long as it's in there, that's the important thing. Yeah. It. it- he doesn't nest it, it sorry i'm stuttering i'm i'm so flustered by my hero uh, <laughs> he doesn't class. give a shit if he's swinging in the pocket or hitting where you want him to it's part of the shtick i guess uh but also it could be uh, kind of a cover up for uh just not pulling it off uh he was known to be lazy it was partially a shtick that he would send uh his imposters out but it was also cuz he didn't fucking feel like doing a concert and he wanted to get paid yeah, hey man, that's this franchise. It's the American dream, you know. Put somebody out there in a McDonald's mask with them sell a few burgers. Um, yeah, that's all I really have on uh, one beer. I, I feel like part of the problem with this is if you're like trying to take notes and analyze, it keeps you from just kind of sitting back and enjoy. I don't. I feel like I don't know how to properly enjoy hip hop. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because I I feel the same way about metal, but. Like, I mean, I, I'll give you a bedrock thing about hip hop. MF Doom hasn't really been a problem because I think he's uh, I, it, it's very dangerous territory walking in because we are talking about rappers, but they are still black men. And I don't want to say they're well spoken, but I will say he is uh, very articulate. And I don't mean that in like, you know, oh, he talks well. I mean, no, he's like enunciating very well. Yes, and he also, he uses some of the most varied, like, vocabulary. Like, he uses a lot of very interesting words.
A lot of them sound like they ain't a talent show So I give them something to remember like the Alamo Tally ho, high joker like the space game Came back from five years lane Stayed the same, same Electromagnetic I, I feel like a lot of hip-hop I get, I get like lost in the I'm too busy decoding what the actual lyrics are because they're coming at me in such like a beat that I can't I can't actively enjoy it. Ah, so what I always tell people is you catch the ones you catch, man. Like and yeah. and, the, and the more you listen to it, and the more you vibe with it, the more you'll get from it. That's your problem, man. Is you don't know how to fucking vibe. Metal doesn't fucking vibe. Metal tells you what it's doing. That's ooh. Uh, elaborate on that. What, what would you say is the difference between vibing versus telling you what it's doing? So, like, the way that hip-hop works is it's about cohesion. Uh, like, for me, I, I, don't, I don't know if metal is intentionally trying to, like, like, upset me or not. But I think the reason why metal, at the end of the day, kind of sucks, in my opinion, is that it's, like, intentionally so discordant like they're all playing together yes and they're all very technically proficient but in the way that an army fights together and is technically proficient it, it, it just feels like so many people fucking fighting their own war on the track it, it, it is so it is pulling apart it is drawing and quartering your brain as you listen to it Hip-hop is just one little fucking... That sounds like all good things to me. I don't, I don't get what your problem is. You, don't, you, you want to be ripped in four by the Cortex? Yes. You know, what, you know what it is? I want to show up. I want there to be a set time. I want the weapons determined. And then I want to fight to the death on the shores of Valhalla. Whereas you just want to like jump in the lazy river whenever it's convenient for you, Rusty. Does that yeah, sound right? Yeah, man. Well, I, I mean, I, I just don't understand how you what a horrible sit here image. and listen to this this man <laughs> load this poetry into his fucking noise bucket and launch it at you at, at, at these decibels, and you're like, yeah, this is fucking sick. But you can't follow a couple rhyme schemes. I don't. It's what you. you know what it's, I feel it's like so I don't. I don't want to kill your your dead idol. I just want to kill. The entire genre that you love. That's what I want to do today. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, no, I'm not going to kill your child. I'm just going to cut down your family tree and burn <laughs> it and piss on the ashes. History will forget you. Okay. Uh, let's get to the next one of mine. That would be Hate Me. Uh, yeah, give me your thoughts of Hate Me right out the uh, gate. Okay. So I actually lied before because Hate Me was my first introduction to him because you shared a live video and I knew you were real cut up about his death. And so I was like, let me check this out. Um, Hate Me is, uh, well, I quoted the lyrics to begin with. Uh. It feels unnecessarily biblical. And that was the one that actually got me thinking, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to take this seriously or if this is a pageant. Is sorry no 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 i don't think you are um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know me too well mr rusty uh, i'm literally trying to i, I bolded the word hate me in here somewhere so hate me for me feels like a very typical metal anthem and <laughs> i guess i just don't have context but like this is literally what i expect to hear in my head when i picture metal like something like this one at least has like more direction i guess mm -hmm. but it, it's less melodic it's less fun it's less video gamey the lyrics are are very angry and, and like like a viking ship poetry 
Exactly. Like that's that's the actual line I've highlighted here. Uh, I need a bishop preaching fire to get away with my sins. I despise everything I see, and I don't give a fuck if you hate me. This is a perfect like. I'm 15 years old. I'm not understood. I have acne. I'm fat. All I want to do is fuck. No one will touch my penis, Rusty. I don't give a fuck if you hate me. Fuck it. I. <laughs> I can connect with that. I, I, I guess it's just like the, the bishop preaching fire shit. I get so hung up on that that, that it's hard for me to, to see the sad little boy inside because I'm just like, oh, my God, he wants a fire priest of sorts, <laughs> some sort of arcane magic. And, uh, I, yeah, I, man. I, I think a lot of that comes from, and we're going to get into that more in the next song that we don't need to get in right now, is it it, it is theatrical. It's taking – because you know what it is? I feel like uh, you have a little bit of self-awareness as a teenager. So it's like you have these... Like, Do you remember... When, when was your first heartbreak? Let me ask you that. My first heartbreak was uh, 16 years old. Okay. How did you take it? Not very well. I didn't want to kill myself, but I sure wanted to be dead. And I was like, damn, I wish there was a way to just like... Uh, just me, be dead. Just be dead. Aneurysm. Aneurysm. <laughs> they never kid. Um... For me, like being a teenager and puberty and hormones and all that, it, it kind of amplified everything. So for one thing, it opened like falling in love for the first time is something that wouldn't have been like possible in childhood. So it's literally like a new frontier. So all of a sudden, all these big emotions are open to you. But just as that, you're finding out that also these new negatives are open to you. And like my first heartbreak... Like, you know, logically, like, there's other girls. Nobody marries their fucking girlfriend at 15. No normal people, at least. But what you're feeling is such an epic, unfamiliar, crushing feeling that you wouldn't have even been capable of a few years ago. You have walked onto the battlefield of life and just took a fucking cannonball to the chest. I think something with metal music is taking those negative feelings that the mon- it, it is so mundane day-to-day life, but is so all-consuming and fucking, like, overwhelming, and it's giving it the theater to it. You're making it as big as it feels as your yeah, heart is snapping. Like, like really angry shadow puppets. That's another way to put it, sure. <laughs> no, I, 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 I guess, like, I feel like maybe it's just I'm soft. Because I find myself rooting for this guy. I find myself rooting for this band, especially because it feels like he slips in like lines like I've been baptized in alcohol that are overly literal next to embodiment of antichrist. I'm living for my own demise. Actually, no, those are pretty literal too. But uh, uh, <laughs> next to uh, I was born in ashes of molten hatred. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. um, unless your mom's got, got that uh, fire choach, literally. Um, I don't- yeah, there's a, there is a, a weird kind of dichotomy there like you know my mother was a jackal torn from the devil and and my father was an alcoholic football coach like what are those <laughs> i i love that movie but i don't know if they fit together <laughs> yo throw adam sandler in i'm down <laughs> there you go no i dude i i feel i find myself like wanting to root for these guys and i hear these glimpses like in downfall that fucking opening riff and the breakdown towards the end they're fucking awesome mm. but then i find that alexi just 
goes and he goes to strangle everything beautiful in this song. He so fucking you, it, punches holes in the sound walls. So for you, it is mostly the vocals that fucks it up for you. Uh, yeah, but even like liking it, like it feels like, like, like just badass video game music to me, or like maybe like this is what like if Vikings sold drugs, like this would be their trap rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is their future. Nice. I wake up. I count these bodies. I'm already rich. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump forward to what MF Doom song you want to do next. Um, let's just real quick hit uh, "All Out of Ale" because this was a kind of. Um, I, okay. I wasn't sure if I, you would like 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 this song, but I thought you might appreciate it. And there's one super fucking sick lyric in it. I wonder if we have the same one because I took note of a super sick lyric. Uh, here are my notes on this. He uses a lot of low on like the piano samples, which I like. That's something from like uh, I always think of like New York State of Mind. That boom, band, band, yep. band, band. Like instead of the actual bass, he just went like if there's 88 keys on a fucking keyboard, he's on key three. And uh, yeah, just good. Uh, there's a line here: get crudely insulted over fake drums. Like that's right. Just take the piss out of hip hop in general. Um, yeah, he, he was always really self-aware with that shit and, and uh, weirdly in tune with um, a lot of things in hip-hop that didn't like come to fruition until later. Like, I, I, I think the mash shit's cool. He kind of had a dorky message with it, which is just like, dude, no one gives a shit about who I am. They just want to see the brand. So I'll just cover up my face is what he said at the beginning. Well, you know what? I mean, he was pretty spot on about that because there was some artistry to it for a time. But nowadays, it's literally like cover up who you are, dude. You're fucking little Uzi Vert now. Oh, okay. yeah. What are they? Well, it's very super villainish. It's like there's, you know, there's no Anakin Skywalker left in him. He is all machine now. Yep. So, I have the interesting rhyme here, and I think I want to try to see if you and I can just attempt to rap it at the same time, and we'll see, like, like we're going to say our favorite movie on three. Okay, so, ready? One, two, three, go. One, one for, one the, for money. the money. Two, two for the better green. green. Three, three for... Um, <laughs> Yeah, dude. That is, all the, that is all the more adorable that you and I had the same pick and then we just white boyed it the fuck up. One for the money, two for the better green, three for methylene dioxyl methamphetamine. What? You know that this whole song was just so we could write that down. And I respect him all the more for it. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, and like, literally, I was just like, hey, you know what? If anything's going to make Jesse appreciate MF Doom, maybe a little bit. It's oh, him yeah. using a fucking seven-syllable rhyme. Not to mention it's about methamphetamine, family business. <laughs> yeah, dude. Your dad would be like, hey, he's one of the good ones. Yes, he would have. God God bless you, dad. You racist fuck wherever you are. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, the line here. His lady one night tried to flay him with a ukulele. I immediately imagine just like a lady comic. Just a white uh, lady I comic with a ukulele. That's funny. I, I pictured like uh, Fenris taking a girl home, but I guess that'd be his ukulele. Yeah, that would be his ukulele, which, you know, if you uh, if you get hit with someone's ukulele, you're getting hit with every ukulele they've ever been hit with. So, Dude, I, I also want to say that I love the hook of this. Fucking uh, remind me to remember what you told me. Holy moly, oh. did you get a load of a roly-poly? Like, it's so dumb, but I love it so much. Yeah, this is something I, I'm going to actively try to listen to more MF Doom after this. Cause I did I did like it. I just didn't get enough time. 
I didn't get enough time to vibe on it. I think. Well, it'd be yeah, dude, it would take you like an eternity of meditation with your vegan wife. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 get there. We're both trying to meditate right now with varying degrees of. Uh, I I tend to just get bored and start reading in the middle. Hey, I'm not good at this. That's a form of meditation. You just got to understand where you're at peace. Maybe you're at peace in chaos. All this music sure is. That is, yeah. Like I said, man, the, uh, the big thing I get out of heavy metal music is I get the uh, I get the tension and release, <laughs> and I get like the big swells. Like, dude, a lot of times I listen to metal and I just like walk in the fucking street with just like my arms outstretched and just like conducting a little bit, like <laughs> like Mr. Blue Skies playing in your head, like you're like dancing yes. around. Yes, I have 100% done that. Like, like I'm imagining, like, I'm conducting shooting fireworks from my fingertips. Like, yeah. The, the devil's raining blood. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I will say that I, I really hope there's a hell because uh, I think your, your boy Alexi would be bored as fuck in heaven. Oh, yeah. I will, I will love the soundtrack in hell, if nothing else. But... <laughs> yeah, I, you're- you're going to get raped to this soundtrack in hell. You're going to regret that, man. Your contrapasso is going to be annoying. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the next Bodum track, Angels Don't Kill. This is considered one of the heaviest tracks and much, much slower. This is considered one of the heaviest tracks? One of the heaviest tracks, yeah, because they slowed things down and they weren't like dancing around on the fretboard quite as much. Uh, Alexi is the lead singer also, right? Yes, lead singer, lead guitarist, and uh, chief songwriter. Which credit? Hard, that's fucking hard to do both. So like, I understand the I whole like I don't uh, know how he does it. screaming like you're fucking in some sort of finished bear trap. But wait, so did you not find the song particularly heavy? Um, I think it was it was my favorite one. Uh, okay. I do think now that you're letting me realize that maybe the vocals are my problem because of all the ones you sent me, this is the only one written with any rhyme scheme or any meter whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, to the vocals anyway. And holy shit, the breakdown on this song, like, yeah. dude, like, I don't know, man. I, I would kill someone of this. I, I could I I'm not saying like I would do it all the time like I can't vibe with it all the time but if a friend put it on like if I went to your house and you were listening to this song I would kill someone with this. Hell yeah, Rusty. That's all I want out of this. I'm just I'm trying to slowly Manchurian candidate you into my perfect assassin assistant. <laughs> well, uh, I'll be your Igor. Um, so I feel like uh, this is the album where they started to lose a lot of people because they noticed, like I said, you hear there's not really a lot of the classical influence anymore. But uh, the lyrics are getting better. And actually, for I would say for his heavy singing style, he actually enunciates quite well on this one. You can make out some of it. Um, the hey, He sounds like he's been fucking an American chick in this one. That's for sure. Dude, he had been. I am shocked you picked that out. Wow. I, dude, you can just tell with these fucking Europeans when they get caught up mm. in some good old American pie. That's right. Well, for one thing, Angels Don't Kill comes straight out of Boondock Saints, which was a movie that came out right at the same time. And, uh, the, oh, line, yeah. and the line that leads in, and there's a little bit of, uh, you remember on CDs how you would have like negative time on some tracks that would, like an intro would be in? Yeah. So it starts with I never the, understood how that works. I, but I guess time is uh, cyclical, so. Yeah, time, time is a social construct uh, in a flat circle. Yeah, Next. identify as time. 
So it, it opens with a line from American Psycho, which is, uh, my pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anybody. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to be spared. So kind of leaving in there. But yeah, like some yeah. of the lines in here, it's funny because like, even in one line, we'll have a really cool part and a really dumb part. Like, uh, the fears that I gained picked me up from the gutter with a gentle kiss. Like, that's pretty. Like, then rips out my heart to show me how black it is. Like, so you went from poetic to hot topic in the span of eight words. But, but these are one of those times where I'm like, yo, for a Finnish guy, he's figuring out rhymes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Still kind of screaming it a little bit, but, you know, he's figuring out rhymes. Yeah, if we're talking language and rhymes, I don't think any songs should be allowed to be done in Spanish. Every fucking word ends with A or O. That's just cheating. Yeah, I I, I used to be impressed by that. Uh, <laughs> quick aside, I think about it all the time with because Pokemon have pun names. They're two. You're usually Portmandu's two things smashed together, but they release Pokemon in every fucking major language. So they have to come up with a new Portmandu per language for each fucking Pokemon. Oh, wow. So like literally the name changes to like whatever, like the Japanese combination of like crocodile and rock and roll is or whatever. I don't know. Dude, somebody gained a paycheck on like, okay, I got to come up with weird fucking monster names. You fucking get me, dude. Cause that's <laughs> all I'm saying is that some fucking language nerd out there is just having a fucking ball being like oh my god this also means like lucha in fucking i don't know <laughs> whatever speaking of nerdy i just noticed you're wearing a t-shirt that has your name on it yeah dude sweet heat podcast this is rusty right merch uh we got Ooh. the melty ice cream cone here because that's sweet heat that's really cool man yeah yeah, yeah. mid show mid show drops fucking check out sweet heat podcast tell them what sweet heat podcast is all about sweet heat podcast is about uh as swinging from questionable premise to questionable premise with as much lightning fast comedy uh horribleness as me and jeff kalala can uh just a good old time fuck yeah check it out it's Her like a boys club but girls are invited too Ooh, okay but they're not allowed to talk I mean, you, you want them there, but they got to know their place. <laughs> I just wanted to see how you'd react, man. You handled uh, it pretty well. You know what? You didn't, you didn't set me straight, but you did pause before you rolled with it. And that's uh, a lot of growth. I still worry about this podcast just because so many people got into it from me reading a, a book. And now I'm like uh, unchained a little bit and just making my horrible fucking references. Well, you know what? And uh, guys, if, if you're listening to this and you like commenting on Jesse's stuff, um, let him know that we can tell that he is genuinely an anxiety-ridden mess, is genuinely sympathetic about the person he is. And I think that we can let someone who apologizes for their own existence slide a little bit. Yeah. So show Jesse some love. Cut me some fucking slack, losers. Please keep listening. I'm wary. Yeah, again, he says it out of love. <laughs> okay. Um, where are we going next on MF Doom? Um, hmm. well, I, uh, don't remember what songs I sent you, so let's go to All Caps. Okay, All Caps was the first one I listened to, and the very first thing I have is, what a weird scrambled beat, and I really, really liked it. Mad Lib is just one of the fucking greatest hip-hop producers, still crushing it in the scene, um, huge fan of Mad Lib. Um, I, I did have in here, th this is me just being a bit of a jerk, but, uh, rhyming Boogaloo with Bugaboo, that's, that's kind of a cheat. I mean, come on. That's a pivot. It's a pivot, Jesse. You How wouldn't know because because you're a fucking lumbering mass. 
you've never pivoted before. Listen, I'm very sensitive about my inability to pivot. My inability <laughs> to pivot is glandular. I was born without that. Oh man. Uh, my, my, mother drank while, my mother drank while I was in utero and now I can't pivot. Now the world knows. <laughs> yeah. Plus your dad was blowing meth in her ear like a dog. Yeah, that was, uh, it's still, did I ever tell you my mom told me about the night she met my father? Uh, they met at a party. He traded quaaludes for her pot and then they had sex that night. Oh, dude, that's uh, not that romantic. But for a second, I thought you were saying you traded quaaludes for her. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, Rusty, we're not animals here. Come on. <laughs> get get that junk out of here. That's a pretty lady you got there. <laughs> Um, Perhaps we could strike a deal, my friend. Okay, all right, hang on, podcast. So, yeah, all, all caps. caps. This is technically by Mad Villain, which is when like Madlib and MF Doom become a Voltron, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Because whenever he partners with someone, they do a nice little Portman do with a name. Oh yeah, uh, I, like that. I like that with Danger Doom. Danger Doom's a good one. Uh, he's also worked with like. I don't know, some weird I can't even say some of the names. Like he worked with uh Jet Jaguar that did JJ Doom. Um he worked with fucking uh Ghostface Killer and they did like a Tony Stark like metal face ah. type thing. Yeah, well this song, um I, I, I can't tell if you liked it or not. because uh, you No no, no I, I, I I liked it. Well no, I, I did that just to be a shit. But what you know what happened is honestly just because I didn't listen to it in uh I didn't listen to these songs in the order we're discussing them. My main note I have on this is the one, like, this is the one that had the video with, like, all the rhymes and near rhymes on it. But we already hit that point, so I just fucked it from this. This song's super famous because it kind of became his anthem. Like, I don't know if any of these songs you sent me would would be, like, the fucking, the masterpiece of, uh, of Alexi. Mm. But, um... Uh, how do you say the band name? I keep saying Bodum, like it's Bodie, like it's like uh, a dorky kid. Bo- Bodum and Bodom are both kind of accepted. It, the name actually comes from a famous murder that happened at a lake. Four teenagers were killed while camping at Lake Bodum. Oh, is that like fucking Friday the 13th type shit? Or yes, that except is? it actually happened in, in Espoo, a, uh, almost at England, Finland. All right. <laughs> well, I guess if a bunch of your friends died at summer camp, that would be a pretty big influence on you and make you worship the devil and sing about it. So there you go. Ashes of molten hatred. You probably should have mentioned that, you know, he cared about local murders so much before I got into this research because now I have a little bit more sympathy. But actually, if you look it up uh, on Shudder, I think they actually made a movie out of the Lake Bodum story. So did they have Squizgar Squiggles in it? They did not have Squiskar Squiggles in it, and it was a tragedy. We all agree the casting, he should have been cast as the mother, at least. But one of my favorite names of all time. Yeah. Anyway, it's my turn, and I'm just saying that all caps kind of became uh, MF Doom's anthem, in a way, uh, of his modern era, anyway. This is where he started doing the collabs. This was one of the first ones to really blow up for him uh, before he worked with Adult Swim later in his career. And, uh, yeah, just the line... Uh, remember all caps when you spelled the man's name just kind of became like a whole thing where mm-hmm. like in the doom community like in the hip-hop community as a whole you fucking mf doom is always all capitalized that was his wheezy f baby please say the motherfucking baby so yeah i this is definitely a thing i'm getting is uh <clears throat> i'm getting pulled in more by the beats now, I love the beats this one in particular it, it really anything that samples like 70s film score music I'm all in. Wu-Tang is obviously the big one, but there's a few different guys that did that. 
I, I think one of the things lyrically is there's just so much of it happening. It's really hard for me to appreciate like any one thing as it's going by. Uh, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to white boy out for a second for, for the lovely listeners. Um, fucking one of my favorite lines in this song, uh, right. keep, keep your battery charged. You know, it won't stick yo. And it's not his fault. You kick slow. Should have let your trick ho chick hold your sick low. Plus nobody could have do nothing once he let the brick go. Like, and you know, I know that's a bunch of snow. Peep the slow cutter. Uh, the beat is so butter. Peep the slow cutter as he uttered a calm flow. Don't talk about my mom's yo. And he goes into this whole fucking thing. That's fucking theatrics, baby. I, I didn't remember that. Line. I don't know why the fuck I didn't write that down. because I didn't really like that line. Oh, man. And then all of this sets the stage for like what later becomes fucking prolific artists in like Tyler, the creator and like fucking even on the production side, like flying Lotus. Like I love doom. Nice. I'm getting excited to talk about him. Sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, just to jump to Bodum real quick. This one I put oh, in just, as... Just real quick, jump to my favorite band of all time. Uh, you know, my dead hero on my ah, dead podcast. This one is the bonus song, however, that uh, we're not going to talk about too in depth, but let's just play it here for a second. I'll just pause for a second while this plays. So yeah, covered Britney Spears. Holy shit, did I love that. Yeah. Especially, I, I wish I could have sent it to you as a dummy file, like without the actual song title in it. Because as it starts out, it's not sure what it is. And then you hear that, dun, 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 dun. you're like, wait a sec. I'll tell you what, Jesse. Yeah. I got some, what? I got some good news for you, man. What? Didn't put it together. No. Yes. So because in my mind, after listening through all of this dude's fucking, I fall on the reaper's sickle and, <laughs> and, and, and drink from his teat. Like I, I did not expect it. Which only, which literally answered. I had to delete half of my notes because it answered so many questions I had about this man. <laughs> well, what, what were the previous questions that got answered? Like how, I, just how serious they were making. Work? How self-aware he is. That the shit that he's writing sounds like, like literally, like Satan has been banging his mom and like took his car. Like you know what I mean? Like sounds like the devil's his stepdad or some shit. Stepdad Satan sounds like an Adult Swim show. Rusty, I think this might be the project we need to put together. Stepdad Satan. Wait, isn't that pretty much the premise of your pretty face going to hell? Uh, no, it's not. I love that show though. Uh, it could use some more stepdads. There you go. We should just go to Adult Swim and be like, here's what we're pitching. Stepdad week. We had a stepdad into every show. <laughs> Listen, you had too many cooks, too many stepdads. It writes <laughs> itself. Honey, I think it's time that I see other people. And I mean a lot of other people. Meet your dads. What? Hi there, son. Well, I'd like to I'd like to take it. I want to take no, I want to take him fishing. No, I want no, I want to play Steely Dan for him. They're a hive mind. They all speak at once. Okay. <laughs> nice. But all yeah, right. I, I remember the first time I listened to this one, I just kicked in like, wait a sec. This isn't like, I think I did it again. And then like ripping guitar solo to put in there. Just so, so do you like really like it? Like, do you think this is a good cover? Uh, I, I like what they did with it. Yeah. Especially, you know, taking something that's not metal at all. But I do think it does actually translate from, um, 
I've watched a few videos on just the evolution of pop music, and a lot of them have had the opinion that uh, once you hit that Britney Spears, pretty much the guy writing the Britney Spears in sync Backstreet Boys songs all the time for pop music had a very heavy, like, you know, think of like Baby One More Time, how that starts. It doesn't start the way most pop songs are. It just starts with, oh, baby, baby. So I think it does translate to heavier music in that. I also think they translate to more melodic pop music, especially later in their career. Like, I, I, I know that you wanted to get your goof song out of the way before you hit uh, uh, one last uh, jam ski. Because mm-hmm. I think we do have one more left, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can roll right into that. We have, like, one song left for each of them. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I want to go out with you feeling passionate. So I would definitely want to go okay. out with Bodies, some Bodie boys. Bodie. <laughs> some Bodie babies. <laughs> Children of Bodom. Yeah, we're actually the junior cover band. We're the kids pop version. You should hear how horrible <laughs> the adult version is. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't remember what I was saying at this point. Oh, yeah, well, their music is so melodic, and especially towards like later in their stuff, is they really smoothed out the edges, mm-hmm. and the lyrics become a little bit more simplified, a little more Americanized. They start rhyming and shit. Uh, they, they feel like they could make pop music if they want to. Like, where, it, no, I, I don't, I do not disagree with that statement. It, it, it's all pretty, like, especially, like, because it is, like, quintessential shreddle metal. It, it's, uh, did I just coin that, or is that a thing? Uh, that's the second biggest subgenre in all of metal. Oh, I thought I invented it. Oh. Right, 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 right behind kettle metal. <laughs> Don't call it but, black. Oh, wait, really? That's a real thing? No, I, I, because I said kettle metal, I said don't call it black. Yeah, cause... no, that, that was a sick joke. I liked it. Um, it. It's all the better that I had to explain it. That's how comedy works. <laughs> yeah, but I explained that I was laughing by saying it in words. Anyway, um, so this song was sick to me because it's what a good cover should be. You deconstruct the original and you mm-hmm. rebuild it in the image of its new god, and, and that's fucking awesome. Um, and it tells me that they didn't take themselves too seriously. My, my roommate was a little worried that they were taking themselves seriously, but at the very end, you hear them laughing, and it's like, dude, look, they're having fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they might be worried that, like, the devil lives inside us, but, like, you know, they're still having a good day. That was part of the reason why I sent you the live video, just because, like, I feel like you see them, like, they're fucking around, like, the guitarist is, like, playing on the keyboard with one hand, they're being goofballs. It's, it is, like, it's fun, because, like, they themselves are just fun, you know? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm judgmental because they are they are just fun. And you know this, what? This like, I, can't, I can't sing either. So, like, are there yeah, any yeah. metal bands where they can sing? Iron Maiden, uh, Dream Theater. Yeah, a lot but, of them. But do they suck a guitar then? No. No, they just tend to... I, I don't know. Uh, with metal, it became kind of an arms race to just get heavier and heavier. And I feel like a lot of bands in the race to be heavier forgot how to write songs. Yeah, I could see that, and by see that, I mean, like, every time I've, like, heard a metal song and immediately turned it off because it made my soul sad, um, I, uh, <laughs> I can relate. I never feel sadness. I feel power. I, I, sadness isn't the right word, man. I just, like, I don't live in that, like, you've known me for years, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't live in that emotional spectrum. Like, like I guess I... The closest I can feel to that is one time I was crying in the car listening to music and my shuffle put on a, an Anderson Pack song. And he right. said, uh, 
uh, if I call you a bitch, it's because you my bitch. And as long as you don't call after six, then we won't have no problems. And I was like, yeah, he's a pimp, dude. I'm a pimp, too. And I just, like, picked myself up. <laughs> like, that, that was your pep talk. Like, that's right. I'm going to get back out there. Yeah, dude. He said all his bitches cook grits. I, I was mean, like, I want those bitches are, to cook grits. Those are good bitches. Those are high-quality bitches if you can get them. I mean. You got vegan grits over there? We got vegan butter. Therefore, we got vegan grits. <laughs> You just dip it in some vegan sugar and go to town on a vegan candy bar. Yeah, vegan, um, vegan butter is the shit. I'm all <laughs> out. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we only have one left in MF Doom, and that would be Il Chupanibre. Yes, and this was uh, where he just finally, like, the bubble burst. The album essentially went gold. This is him okay. working with uh, Adult Swim for the first time. Um, they actually were going to work with Madlib to come and do some of their like DJing on the, the channel because they do the in-betweener music. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And uh, he was just like, yo, you know who loves all this shit? My boy, MF Doom. You should work with him. So they set everything up. They got them together. And uh, it's actually really funny because after this did so well, uh, Adult Swim Music tried to sign MF Doom and give him the rights to all of Hanna-Barbera for samples so that he could make whatever he wanted. They said he was like a kid in the candy store when they handed him the keys. And he took a huge signing bonus and then disappeared into the night and never made the album. And dude, the president of Adult Swim talks about it where he's just like, you know, I kind of always knew it was the risk. I was like, I couldn't believe we got the first one done that was a success. I got greedy. That was on me, man. I got to so look into him and lore because him as a character, I find Ah, You can't get in bed with the supervillain and not catch a, 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 you know, a dick in the shitter. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, you know, that, that old expression our grandma always told us. <laughs> but uh, showed us. Our grandma always showed us. That's right, because, you know, you, you tell a man to shit in his dicker and you feed him for a day. <laughs> you show a man how to shit in his dicker. <laughs> he's got dick in his shit for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my notes on this were uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka gets referenced right away. I'm in. Sick um, line. Of course, showing the uh, adult uh, adult swim aspect of it, we have Aqua Teen Hunger Force voices chiming in at the end with a uh, master shake. We do, and we have El Chupanidre, which is actually a uh, it was a Futurama like one off Chupacabra um, thing. I didn't know if that was like had a greater lore or if it was named after that because I love Futurama. I watched the El Chupanidre episode recently. Yes, that is the the very same El Chupanibre. Uh, mm, okay. and, and so I always liked that, uh, you know, right away when I heard this album. I mean, obviously, I already liked Doom. I loved Adult Swim. Mm. Uh, Danger Mouse, maybe not my favorite producer ever, but I have respect. And I was like, let's fucking mm. get it. So, yeah, I, I looked up, I tried to look up a live video, which I know is different for hip hop than other stuff. But uh, I my old go-to is always to just watch the thing that has the most views and the one that was there was actually him and Mad Villain, and it was like an Adult Swim show. Uh, which one? Um, Chrome Children. Oh yeah, no, he had the live performance. I considered sending you that, but I didn't want to make you sit through the whole fucking uh, live show because there was like a bunch of other acts in it. Uh, yeah, well, the one I saw was only like ten minutes, so it didn't eat up that much. Um, I noticed that uh, he is wearing a Michael Vick jersey in that video, which which didn't age well. What? No, dude. I people no chill on Mike Vick, dude. 
I, uh, listen, all I know it is... It is time. No, we can have a whole other podcast. I'll come on and defend Mike Vick. Uh, no, 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 dude. Come on and defend dogs or whatever it is you people like. I have, uh, I have two quick, tiny stories. Uh, my buddy Joey was working during the Michael Vick era quarterbacking in Philadelphia. My buddy Joey was working at Monster Pets in South Philly, and fucking Michael Vick would come into the pet shop from time to time and he said more than once his daughter would go over and look at the dogs and beg him, like, can we get another dog again? And he just had to be like, nah, honey, not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my and God. Be, be happy that your, your dad didn't fight birthday parties because... <laughs> well, now there's a quicker way to get no birthday parties, and that's to be a Jehovah's Witness. So... Is that quicker? I feel like there's probably some Jehovah Mountain you need to climb and have the the Jehovah monks bless you. Oh no, nah, dude, they they just want numbers, man. It's like uh, it's it's like a trial membership. They 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 just want to get your information on the fucking books. Oh well, I mean, yo yo, wait, hang on. Did you know that when you sign up to get free cigarettes from one of those things, it gives you free cigarettes that they track you forever as a smoker? Seriously. Yeah, dude, I just found out that it said on my insurance that I was a smoker, and I was like, uh, no, I'm not. And they were like, yeah, you are. Marlboro says you're a smoker. And I was like, because I got those free Marlboro black packs at Camp Bisco in 2013? What the fuck? Dude, they have my info. I cannot tell you how many fucking Camel Crush packs I smoked back in the day that I got for free at some fucking bar. Yeah, well, they use it to give you predictive rates on shit because they're like, yo, he's a smoker, he's a smoker. So what you got to do is you got to go and get a test so that they can test your nicotine blood level and be like, oh, he has no nicotine in him. He doesn't smoke. Well, I'm, a, I'm a vapor, so that doesn't really help me. But... Whoa, vapist. Yeah, it's a statutory vapist. Come on, it's been <laughs> that long. Dude, dude. All right, all right, all right. Speaking of statutory, dude. children of Bodom. All right, yeah, let's wrap this up. So the song I picked from here... Uh, we're not going to fall. You know, let me get your thoughts first. All right, hang on. Let me bring up my sweet, sweet notes. We're not going to fall. Vocals on this song are, were probably the most palatable, closest to like traditional vocals that I heard on any of the songs you sent me. Um, but lyrically, like, I feel like it kind of lacks like the Beowulf of it all. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this felt like, like I didn't know that Squizgar Squiggles was based on Alexi, but when I heard this, I like was literally picturing picturing some like Squizgar Squiggles fucking like <laughs> yeah no I, I I love hot dogs and Auntie Am's pretzels um who doesn't oh my god yeah no they're fucking delicious I don't know how they make hot dogs and pretzels better at the same time but uh, <laughs> yeah I I, I it's just kind of like weird it felt like as he learned to sing the thing that i hated about it was also the thing that made it it because this song is like the most listenable to me but mm -hmm. it feels like the least metal i'll give it that this this definitely could have been reconfigured into like a rock song um so this is it, it feels the least theatrical anyway right so like i i don't see the spirit creatures fighting in my mind like before i was picturing golems and dragons fighting the devil so unfortunately, this is kind of like the turn album. This is this is from their biggest album called uh, "Are You Dead Yet?" And at this point, they had stripped away all the classical influence, a lot of the really big, epic stuff, and uh, his vocals smoothed out a little bit. That's something you tend to see in metal: is that like as guys get older, they're like, "I need to soften this shit up because I'm gonna have to sing this for the rest of my fucking life." 
that was something Gabby actually pointed out where she was like, what do these guys like do like tours where they do like six shows a year? Cause there's no way this guy can sing like this every night. And I'm like, no, I think he did. I think he, I think he did full tours. I think he just planned to not live past 41, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's such a, I don't think he did because that's a weird age to pick 41 as a cutoff. Like I'll do 40, but, but he lived pretty hard. Like they lived like, rock star lives in a way that a lot of like they release like pantera style behind the scenes videos and they're just always fucked up always they, always always were they like big in home like did they stay in finland or did they like live in america no they they always stayed in europe um that was just their power base and the fact that you know they were all finnish so not to mention so here's the thing with the the band they actually broke up at the very end of 2019 except they didn't really break up like all the other guys just didn't want to be in a band anymore but they i think they all mutually owned the name of the band together so they had like one final show and the keyboardist and the bassist and the drummer just retired from music and then alexi started they he had to rename the band bodum after midnight and uh which is oh, one of their dude i saw something about that online and i literally thought it was some kind of like freaky fan talk show where like it was some guy <laughs> like bone him after midnight we're here in my record dungeon and uh yeah well, luckily it was they had a tendency to put at least one song with the word bodum in it on every album and bodum after midnight was one of them early on so but yeah they hadn't even released an album they'd only played one or two uh, shows due to covid and then he died, but like he was already off on his own, like lost all his childhood friends. But uh, oh, so before I get to far, this is from their most popular album, but they took a lot of the edge out. And this is where the lyrics got kind of dumb. I like this song because I'm a sucker for any like we're not gonna rebellious song. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not going to take it. I actually really love the, you remember? We're like, going to take it. We're not going to give it. We're not going to share it. We're definitely definitely not gonna fuck it that's right we're not gonna shit in its dicker uh, we're not gonna shit in its dicker actually do you remember the the russian lesbian band tattoo uh wait a tattoo of a russian lesbian band or that was a band that was a band it was tattoo t-a-t-u and it, it oh was, yeah, yeah yeah i do exactly they had a song called not gonna get us that i fucking love and it's so bad oh they were russian you know what i'm saying yeah, something rebellious about it. But uh, a, a bigger oh, song sorry, on this album it. would have been like, Are You Dead Yet? But I didn't care for it. They got really like aggro with their lyrics, which I didn't really like because like metal went through the period where like everything was like bully metal. It was like, you were mean to me before and now I'm a big boy and I'm going to fuck you up. And I just hated it. That is, I just pretty much summarized every Slipknot song for you. That that's like what I picture most metal as being though. So it's like honestly kind of refreshing when I actually listen to some and remember that it's like basically Dungeons and Dragons in your heart. Exactly. But yeah, so I, I get stuck in the defiance and I love the chorus of the song, cheesy as it is. Uh, Take my hand and fly. We never will return. Don't you be afraid. We're not going to fall. I like heavy yet hopeful. Yeah, but also definitely sounds like video game song lyrics. Like, that sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog song lyrics. Not to mention, there is the less impressive lyric, give me a reason, bitch, we're going to fuck you up. So, you know, uh, Wordsworth, it ain't. But uh, I still love it. 
can can you tell me if this is a typo in the beginning? Because I can't always understand what he's saying. They try kicking and screaming as loud. Contagion break us apart. Is that the line? That that might be uh, a language thing. It happens. Yeah, it does happen. But you know, he did a little like, squisker squiggles. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I just think it's really funny to try to write like a more like serious, straightforward song and to have the accent come out like we are not going to take it as anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. One of my favorite bands is a Japanese band called X Japan, where guess where they're from? Japan. Oh. Um, they had a period though where they were so, they were like the biggest band in Japan. Like they were like as big as Guns N' Roses at the same time. Guns N' Roses were as big as they were. They tried to go international. So, dude, when they try to sing these English lyrics, I don't, guys, I, I don't want to be racist, but let's be honest, you know. I should let's stop be it. honest, Ching Chang Chong, you know? <laughs> but, let's you be know, real. Th- there, there are some words that are harder than others when somebody's a native speaker of something else. In Japan, that is a lot of uh, L's and R's that get mixed up in there. Well, they they're the so- same letter in Japanese. Exactly, yes. It's pronounced Ro. And actually, if you pay attention to how your tongue moves to make that noise, it's really not all dissimilar. But uh, there is a line in the extra Japan song, Art of Life, is uh, the, the line is, are you white, blue, or bloody red? Which comes out as, are you white, brew, or bloody red? Which, you know, it's not, it's not funny, but it is a little like, it takes you out of it for a fucking second. No, dude. What? You knew what he meant. You didn't. You didn't think anything. No, I know what he meant. That's why. That's why I love the album. But you know, I love the song. But it's uh, it's it's tricky. You gotta send trying... me that. Wait, wait I, I we don't have to have a whole podcast about it. But you gotta send me this, dude. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really curious. I can I can send you two because there's that one and there's another one where they're covering a Kiss song, where uh, the no. song is. The song is I. Uh, the lyric is I really love you. I can't forget about you. Oh, and I thought it, it was going to be Love Gun for a second. I, they probably cover Love Gun. Check out Extra Pan. Extra Pan is awesome. Um, so yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. I think that's so, our list. I, I I wanted to to kind of just pick your brain on like. So we kind of went into it a little bit. Can you just say definitively? What makes this good to you other than the technical acumen? What did Alexi Squiggles do that no <laughs> that that other people couldn't do? And what of these is like your heart song? Um I think he You know, your heart song. Exactly. You know, in metal, how they have heart song. I think this broke me out of mainstream metal, like I said, and really exposed me to the entire world of heavier music. This was the first band where for me it was like the vocals are a little harsh, but I like it enough that I'll get used to it. And uh, obviously, once I did that, I opened up all that, a whole new world of music to get into. Um, you know, if I actually could go back, I probably would have picked a different song as my heart song. And that would probably have been... Uh, I'll give you a bonus if you want to send me one. Okay, I might. But uh, it would be Hate Crew Death Roll. Now, the reason I didn't include that is because that's on the same album 
as Angels Don't Kill. And I didn't I didn't want to do too many songs, but I didn't want to leave off like their biggest album. Well, Angels Don't Kill was my favorite song that you sent me. There you go. That's a good album. But and the other thing to keep in mind is like that last song I mentioned, they have six more albums after that song. They're just they weren't as good. They 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 stopped evolving. Jesse, I just clicked onto the lyrics of Hey Crew Death Roll and give right away. Hey, don't tell us what you want. Cause we don't give a fuck about you and your kind. Right off the rip. You like rebellion songs? Jesse, every line of this is fucking fuck. It's pissing the fuck out of us when you don't understand the word no. Damn, dude. The finish Dylan. The finish Bob Dylan. This is so, hey, dude, Bob Dylan, now that's an idol of mine. You actually want to argue something? I'll, I'll argue Bob Dylan all fucking day. Dude, Dan Ostrov wants to come on and argue that Bob Dylan ain't so hot. Uh, I kind of want to get in on that. I don't want to step on Ostrov's shoes, though. He's the all-American badass or whatever. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in for that one when we get around to it. Fuck yeah, dude. We just led my way into everything today. Yeah. But a hate death roll is awesome because it starts with, like, it sounds like a harp. It's like, I'll just send you the link. I'll put it. Dude, I'm reading these lyrics and I'm just picturing like the song Berserker from Clerks. Like, (laughs) I am writing a song right now that has something to do with Berserker from Clerks. Hell yeah, dude. I'm I'm down. I'm into yeah. it. You got to show me but, all this. But show it's very much the same as we're not going to fall. It's like we're the hate crew. We stand and we don't fall. We're all for one and none for all. It's this is good shit to just like be with dudes and scream in unison. What what I get out of this band? <laughs> you got to keep in mind also what I got out of this band. Like this was like my high school group of friends' favorite band. You don't go to the bathhouse and scream with your boys. Yeah, dude. Come on. Just like get get down to a towel. Get a little humid. Fucking scream to the heavens. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're in your friend's favorite band, 2002. I know. Scream to the heavens so loud our forefathers will rock the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa would not like this stuff, but okay. But uh, no, for me, it is a, a kind of communal thing. And you know what? I was going to do this on the intro, but I can actually wrap it up. So... My high school group of friends that I got into this band with after high school, we had a fallen out. I didn't talk to any of them for 10 years. But we slowly started talking, started burying the hatchet. And then we found out Children of Odom was coming to town. And they were only playing songs from these four albums that we all listened to together back in the day. That's tight. So we go to the show. It's me, Matt, and Stefan. Like I mentioned, Matt is a little guy. He's like five foot two. His girlfriend is somehow shorter. She's four foot nine. So they go right up to the balcony at the truck and we're watching. It's a great show. Me and Stefan. Stefan's like a big goon. He's like six, seven. And me and him are actually talking like, are you going to get in and mosh at some point? Like, I don't know, man. I think I might be too old. And then fucking hate me starts playing. That song I first heard in his computer room, and we're a little bit like, okay, we're going to get in there. Let's think this through. I don't know. Should we get in there? And as we're sitting there thinking, out of nowhere, little Matt Merziowski has come down from the balcony and pushes right past both of us, right into the pit. And there I am circling with these dudes that I got. I first heard the song at 15 years old, and here we are in our fucking 30s going in circles in the mosh pit, and it was such an amazing fucking feeling that's fucking awesome dude to be fucking warlords of valhalla with your boys that's right that's right fucking hate crew we stand and we don't fall <laughs> well I, I i think that uh 
at the end of the day, we got a super villain in the fucking hate crew. Uh, they got, they, I, I think MF has a, has a new collaborator up in heaven. Dude, hell. that would be fucking wild. Yeah, if we could, if we could get like a super strong 5G, maybe we could get some Wi-Fi and track down a copy of that some, album. Some, some 5G and a Ouija board. <laughs> there you go, man. Dude. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna look into MF Doom a lot more because, like I said, unfortunately, I feel like it does take me longer to uh, really appreciate a lot of hip hop albums. But like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't trash on them, dude. You were fucking, you were, you seem pretty yeah. about it. So I encourage it. And the lore is the really the best part, man. It's the kicker. Yeah, I'm looking forward to diving deep into that because it's uh, fucking fascinating. Dude, send me uh, Japanese rockers, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and throw on a uh, fucking Hey Crew Death Roll myself. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do that. I could see myself like, are there airboats in Finland? Because just reading the lyrics, I feel like this is airboat and music, but like Finnish style. I feel like most of their lakes are freezing and also murders tend to happen near them. So maybe not. <laughs> All right, Rusty, I, Sweet Heat Podcast. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff at Rusty underscore John Philly style. I know some of you guys are worldwideers. J A W N John and uh, Sweet Heat Podcast. Sweet uh, Sweet Heat underscore Cast. Check it out. Right. Oh, and I have a TikTok that went semi-viral, seventy-five thousand views. Let's get it. What the fuck went viral on TikTok? Uh, a clip from the podcast, dude. Not right, real I'm viral. looking it up. I'm looking it up. Definitely. Yeah, dude, go fucking subscribe to the TikTok so I have uh, inspiration to make more shit. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, thank you for checking out this bonus episode. MF Doom, Alexi Lyle, Hate Crew, MF for life. Peace.